always believed in hard work, and hard work's what got me to this position I'm in right now. I've never been the most athletic. I've never been the most talented, uh, but I've always worked the hardest. I mean, when you have kids opening up with all their peers around them, saying that, you know, this is what I suffer from. You know, I've thought about killing myself. I've thought about this. I've thought about that. I've tried to kill myself. Wow. Like, it, it will bring you to tears. But the guy is still just on cloud nine, just fired up, firing us up. And it, like, gives me goosebumps for the guy. I'm like, okay, if he can do it, let's go. Like, let's go. <laughs> Welcome into the lounge. The Ravens are sitting pretty. Number one in the AFC. Got the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Locked in. Coming up on the AFC North crown. Just got to beat the Jets on Thursday night football. We're on our game here, getting a podcast out on a shortened week. Yeah. Hey, look. Short week. Short week. Got to turn the page quickly. 24-hour rule is now a 12-hour rule. (laughs) You you can't even enjoy this. don't, Don't enjoy the win. Focus on next week, and that's where we are. That's right. I had a slice of cheesecake on the plane home. That's as much as I enjoyed it. Turn the page. <laughs> on to the Jets. I was watching film. I actually, was watching film as soon as the game ended. Actually, I just took a bite of one other person's cheesecake. It's too big a slice. I was like, can I get one bite of your cheesecake? And Dave Lang was happy enough to oblige. See, that's why if I was sitting next to you and you even thought about trying to eat my cheesecake, you would have got a fork in your hand. Fork? Don't come close. Don't come close. Don't come close to my cheesecake. Cassie. Calvert, or who runs our social media, uh, well, does you also run our social media? I give you some credit for the partial credit. Uh, Cassie really runs. Um, she was nice enough to also give me a sip of her hot chocolate. Yeah. So you're just get your own food. Get your own. Food. Other people in this department are nice with sharing. You obviously didn't learn to parent the lesson from your parents about how to share. Yeah, I don't share food with other adults. No, I don't. Why? Uh, with why, co- do you, why does that have to end as a child? Because huh? because I can eat my own food, as I would hope that you can too. I, I can, it. but I don't want to waste a whole slice of cheesecake that I only want one bite of. Let's move on. Let's move on. I don't, I'm don't. i never <laughs> sharing food with you. <laughs> All right, we got some good emails this week. Uh, as always, you can reach us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. First one comes from Kevin Avery, and Kevin says, Gents, your winning streak in pods matches the Ravens. Minks meat draft, not so much. Since Garrett beat him with a, a B-minus draft of his own. So he gives you credit for the win, but not a great draft. B-minus. That's fine. That's fine. It's if all you, about If wins. you want to try to... Yeah, it's, it's all about yeah, wins. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. <laughs> uh, he says, as a USA swimming referee... Kind of cool. All right. He says, the most infuriating part of observing NFL officiating is their frequent violation of a gospel rule of swimming officiating. Call only what you see, not what might have happened or what you assume probably happened. I've lost count of how many times this year I've heard the screams in my head. Stop guessing. So, let's see. Is there a question here? Or just a Since rant? The, which which I, I think this is I, mostly I, a rant. Which I'm on board with a rant. I, can <laughs> I think it's rant. just a rant about the calls in Buffalo, which I, I totally agree with. Yeah. I mean, Michael Pierce's tackle where he kind of slammed the guy to the ground. As John Harbaugh said, they didn't call that the other way the week before mm-hmm. when a Ravens, mm-hmm. Ravens player got slammed to the ground after the whistle, yeah. by the way. Uh, Michael Pierce was in the act of actually tackling the guy yeah. and did it and gets a flag, which was ridiculous. The I Earl, thought, Thomas, <laughs> Earl Thomas personal foul. Getting up off the ground, ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if he was trying to hurt him, I mean, he like tried to like kind of jump and get over him yeah. after he was getting off, ridiculous. That was a huge penalty, too. I mean, you're coming off a sack. 
And they, they yeah. drove on that. Yeah. Then the Marlon Humphrey P.I., I mean, I've seen more touching on 90% plays percent of plays in that. Just give Cole Beasley the Oscar right now. Yeah, give he, it to him. He sold it. That he, was he, a straight soccer flop. He sold it. Look, I think that oftentimes the measure of a good team is being able to, to in all honesty, withstand bad calls like that and come out of it with a win. True. And, and I think that that says a lot about the Ravens on that last drive. They had some key penalties go against them, that Pierce one and that Marlon one, but they were still able to come out and get the stop and get the win. Yep. It says a lot about this team. Yep, totally agree. All right, one more email. This one from Steve. Oh, you got to hit me with this last name. Oh, Kasabaji? Yeah, sure. No, there's that. no way that's how it is. Sabaji. Sabaji. <laughs> Sabaji? Sabaji might be right. Yeah, we'll go with this that. C-S-O-B-A-J-I. Sabaji. We'll go with it. Uh, says, big fan of the show, season ticket holder since the team came to Baltimore, now living in Austin, Texas. Uh, says, you recently talked about nicknames and referred to a classic novel. The title is Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Remember how we were, yeah, like, we were debating? I feel like an idiot now <laughs> that we were debating. Well, you are this. an idiot. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> I feel like I'm smart. This is not one of those times. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, how, so, however, the main character is D. D. R. Tannen. Okay. Who could call their number one draft pick? Who becomes the fourth musketeer at the end of the book? So there was a fourth musketeer yeah, at the end. Yeah, both right. Both right. Uh, next, you guys omitted Lamb from your meat draft. Big oversight. Who wants it? I love. I love. I like Lamb. Lamb. I like Lamb also. Another one I thought of, Duck. I love Duck. Didn't have it on the meat draft. Mm. We, we should probably run that back. <laughs> you just want another shot at it. We should probably it. run that back. I'm not giving you another shot. Okay, so now my, now my question. I'm enjoying this season immensely, but I'm finding it hard to adjust to the media adulation. Even in, in our best even in our best years and Super Bowl winning seasons, the Ravens have always been disrespected by the media. As a fan, I've always enjoyed sneaking up on teams and being underestimated. How how does a long-term fan avoid getting too caught up in this hype and letting it inflate our expectations? I want the Ravens to be a dynasty, but I don't want to turn into a Pats fan. <laughs> That's the last thing any of us want to be. Yeah, I think that you enjoy it, honestly. I think that what I have been telling myself, and I think that fans should also do this, is enjoy this ride. I think that the there's no limit on what this team could do. I absolutely think they could win the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens oh, are the obviously. best team in the NFL. <clears throat> and I think that if they, at their best, would beat any other team at their best, and that would continue through the Super Bowl. Will it happen? We're going to have to wait and see. But I think that so often, we're just trained and conditioned. As soon as a game ends, you know, we joked about it at the beginning. As soon as a game ends, you immediately turn the page and start thinking about playoff seeding. And if you beat the Jets on Thursday, then you win the AFC North. And like that's immediately where your mind goes. And you're, I'm already playing out different playoff scenarios mm-hmm. in my head and who the Ravens could play in the AFC Championship and who they could play in the Super Bowl and all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. Enjoy this team, this ride, watching them every single week, all the ridiculous juke moves. Like, I get looking ahead. But don't look past how much fun this season is right, right. now. These games are a treat every week. I, I honestly can't remember ever, as my time as a Ravens fan and employee, being as excited as I am to go to watch this team play. Yeah. I mean, it's just like every game is a treat. I mean, Lamar puts somebody on his butt and makes him look like a fool Every single week, you're just waiting for the play. Uh, and and this offense, obviously, you know, as I've talked about, watching a lot of bad Ravens offense over the years, this offense is ridiculously fun to watch. The defense is flying around, getting after quarterbacks now. It's fun to watch. The personalities are amazing. Their chemistry together is amazing. It's just, I, I totally agree with you. Like, don't, I don't, 
we're giving Ravens fans license to enjoy things. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, we're, uh, we're so tainted now. Like, I mean, even us, like, in our office, we were sitting here saying, like, ah, you know, I, I, I don't want to see this team in the playoffs, or I don't want to see this. Yeah. I'd rather not face this team. And our guy Clifton Brown had to step in and be like, guys, <laughs> Ravens are 11-2. and two. Riding a nine-game win streak, like what are you so scared of? Yeah, yeah. like they're the <laughs> they're on a nine-game win streak. I, Don't be frightened anymore. The, the, the media attention, where I think that could be a problem, is if you have a team that that changes who they are and how they play. Yep. And I do not expect that to be the case with this team. So, um, all right, we got an interview to get into. But as always, you guys can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. So thank you uh, to Steve and Kevin for those emails. Yep. All right, with that said, let's jump into our interview with Ravens left guard Bradley Bozeman. Bradley, we got to start with this. You kind of first became a household name when you proposed to your girlfriend <laughs> after the National Championship Alabama game. Can you tell us the whole story behind that and, and you know, how's the marriage going? <laughs> uh, marriage is going great, you know, knock on wood, but... Uh... But it's, uh, you know, behind that, the whole thing, you know, we, uh, me and Nikki had been dating for four years at the time. Okay. And, you know, I knew I was going to get close to, to proposing. And, uh, you know, we, we lost to, we lost to Auburn. Didn't know if we were going to get in. And then we got in. And one yeah. of my buddies came and said, man, you should just propose after the national championship game. And, you know, Coach Saban can't say anything. And, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're good. You're in the home stretch. You're out of here. So I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, Actually, I can't do that. Like, I can't. I, I, I think I've earned that right. And uh, so, you know, got the ring. Um, and then, you know, we won the first game, beat Clemson, and then moved on. And I had the ring in my bag in the locker room. And I told our nutritionist to grab it from my bag at halftime, just so he didn't have to carry around the whole time. Okay. And so, it's you know, it's it's a – we're down – well, it was down by 21 or something like that. Right. And uh, we start making a comeback. Never had a doubt we were going to win that game. And, uh, so he had the ring afterwards, you know, grabbed the ring from him. Nikki did not have a pass to come down on the field and the president of the United States was there. Um, so security was ridiculous. So trying to get her down on the field. Um, and I set it up previously by, uh, telling her, it's like, we're going to take some pictures down on the field. Like previous players have done that before, right. bring their girlfriends or wives or whatever it was down on the field and take some pictures. So, um, get over there, get her to the spot where she could get onto the field and no one's standing around and she can't get to like to the exit. And I was like, just jump and I'll catch you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this, this secret service woman comes out of nowhere. She's like, if you jump, I will tase you. If you jump, I will tase you. And I'm like, if you tase her, we're going to have a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> I will lay you out. <laughs> right. So anyways, I told my coach, my Offensive line coach, like, right before I was about to do it because I didn't want people thinking my mind was in the wrong place and, you right. know, I wasn't focused on the game or whatever it may be. So not many people knew what I was about to do besides her family, my family, and, like, the uh, the head strength coach or the head um, athletic trainer knew because I wanted to ask to make sure if it was an okay idea and it wasn't just me. Um, <laughs> so he knew. He ran and grabbed the – he his wife gave her – gave Nikki the field pass – and so she's trying to come down. She has the field pass. She has the right credentials. And the people at the gate are like, no, you can't come down here. You don't have the right credentials. I'm like, I'm like yes, she does. Like, let her on the field. Right. So won't let her on the field. All of a sudden, my O-line coach runs over, grabs the producer for CBS, SEC Network, and uh, ESPN, and pulls them all over there. And is like, look, this is what's about to happen. 
and you need to get this girl on the field. They run over there, tell the guys, like, move out of the way. She's coming on the field. Got her on the field. <laughs> Literally everyone is, like, surrounding us, and we're taking pictures. And then I had the uh, the newspaper from the from the game, yeah. and I was covering the ring with that. And then I got down on a knee, proposed, and it was – I mean, I didn't really nice. expect for it to blow up like it did, but right. – it was. Uh, I should have known it was, but it was. Uh, it was really cool. It was a really special moment. I was glad I could give that to her and and uh, take advantage of that opportunity. The one time the media helps you, the right? Media right, 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 for sure, you know? for sure. Yeah, an athlete not blaming the media. That's amazing. <laughs> We're the good guys here. We're the good guys. Do you think that she had any idea? Um, like what she started to see any of the commotion or what? I don't know. I really don't know if she okay. did or not. Um, she says she didn't, but uh-huh. I mean, she's she's a smart woman. Like she she's smart. Uh, so. Um, you know, she probably had a little bit of idea in the back of her head, but right. but she had no clue. I had the ring. She didn't. So it was it was good. That's well it played. Good. It's hard to yeah. top that one. It's hard yeah. to top that engagement. Yeah, it was it sure. was good. It, it it came out pretty smooth, all things considering. So so nice. we buttered you up with that. Now we got to ask about Alabama's current season. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it happens. Sorry, I'm sorry. All right, we can move on. We can move on. <laughs> all right, we do want to talk about you and this team, and you know, I, I want to talk about just obviously your your role. I mean. Left guard was the biggest question in training camp. Everybody, who's going to be the left guard? You know, everybody had a different guy that they were projecting was going to be it. And you step in, and from day one, week one, really, no let up. I mean, nobody even talks about that anymore. Bradley Bozeman is the Ravens' starting left guard, and he's holding down the job. What's it, what's it been like for you this season stepping into that role? I mean, it, it's been awesome uh, just to be able to go and compete with these amazing guys and these, these teammates that we have. Um, you know, it, it's been a real blessing and I would love to have the opportunity and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just been such a fun ride. Just go out there and competing with these guys. I mean, the front five that we got in our whole entire O-line room, um, really our whole entire team is just such a fun group to play with. I mean, it's, you know, you, you, I, I haven't been part of a team that has been this much fun to play with, uh, from a personality standpoint, from a playing standpoint, I mean, from just being a good person, um, you know, it, it's just been a lot of fun. It's been a great ride so far. So that's cool. When all that talk was going on in the off season and training camp about the position, like what were you thinking during that time? I was just, I know, you know, I was doing my best. Um, you know, just putting my nose to the ground and, and go to work. That's always been my motto. Um, you know, and don't don't bring it up until the work's done. Um, you know, I've, I've always I've always believed in hard work, and hard work's what got me to this position I'm in right now. I've never been the most athletic. I've never been the most talented. Uh, but I've always worked the hardest, um, and that's that's really what's gotten me to this position. And you know that was my mindset. I wasn't going to get caught up in any of the media hype. I've done that before. Uh, <laughs> that's not a fun road to go down. Uh, but uh, you know, just just go to work and you know see what happens, and just let let the chips fall. Um, you know, growing up, my dad told me, you know, if you go out there and you do the very best you can, and you look at yourself in the mirror and uh, say, "I gave it all I got," you know, you can live with yourself with that. So. Now you said you said that this team is the most fun team that you've ever been part of, both from a playing standpoint and also just off the field. Like, what is it about it that makes it that way? There's just so much chemistry on this team. Um, you know, from Mark doing dance moves and, and pregame warm up to um, you know, they trust, yeah, <laughs> right. And then Lamar you're not can, allowed to do the hand <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> and then uh, Lamar, you know, just just coming in and firing everybody up. You know, from a from a uh, playing standpoint. Uh, and then just the just the commotion in the locker room and, you know, everybody just messing with each other, you know, getting chopped constantly by people, uh, you know, that little little game that they play. So it's, <laughs> you know, but it's just a fun group to play with. I've been a part of a lot of really good teams. And, you know, you always have, you know, those one or two guys that, that 
you just you know if they weren't part of the team, it would be a lot better chemistry. Right. This it just team, kind of sour the, the right exactly. Room. And you know this team just there's there's no guy I, I cannot pinpoint a single guy that is a guy that I would remove off of this team. Wow, uh, that's a, that's a good point. Right, I mean it's just it's just such such a great team from a from a personality standpoint. So how, how much are you guys all kind of rallying around Lamar? And from your perspective, what's kind of made him special this season? Yeah, I think it's awesome. You know, he's he's pretty good for running back. <laughs> uh, but no, just to see that guy come in, you know, from from draft. Obviously, I watched, watched the draft because me and him are in the same draft right. class. And uh, you know, seeing his disappointment, how low that people put him, and you know where he was drafted. And, he said, you know, he's going to prove prove people wrong. Right. And I think he has done that tenfold. Uh, the guy is, is on track to be one of the best, you know, NFL athletes, period, of right. all time, um, I believe. And, you know, just just such a good guy, too. You know, a lot of people don't aren't able to see that side of him. But he is just such a genuine person. I mean, he showed up at my, my, um, my foundation's Halloween event. Right. And was there taking pictures, doing autographs, you know, no problem, smile on his face. You know, he never – you know, we we eventually like went and saved him and took him into the, <laughs> to a private area, so he didn't get harassed the entire night. But uh, but you know, he he is just such a such a genuine guy, and uh, you know, just so glad that, that he's my quarterback. So right. now and you he had played, the Harry Potter costume. Too. He did, he did, yeah. yeah. Harry Potter, <laughs> right? Well, you got to tell people about your costume and and the uh, the little car outfit. Oh, the Fred Flintstone costume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we uh, we picked Fred. Fred and Wilma Flintstone for me and my wife. My wife right. did the wig and everything. Like, I mean, she went all out on hers. And then, um, so the day before the Halloween event, we I was on Facebook Marketplace. I love getting on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> oh, I just, you can I just sell scroll. anything on there. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's there's anything and everything you could ever want on there. It's amazing. Uh, for really cheap, too. And I you know. can, I love to bargain. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking his language right I'm here. a big bargainer, so. <laughs> Dude, I got some things to sell you here. <laughs> Clean out the basement. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I'm on there the night before the event. I'm just scrolling through, you know, didn't even look up anything. I'm just scrolling. And all of a sudden, a a Flintstone mobile pops up on my thing. It's like, what are the chances that that pops up? So I, um, me and my wife sent them a message and, you know, just like, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, this is the cause, you know, if we would love to have you out, you know, give you two tickets to the event. If you could bring the car, set it up and then break it down and leave it whenever you're done. Uh, and when we're done and, <laughs> but so you know, they replied right away, like they're huge Ravens fans. Oh, uh, so they brought it up, got there early, set it up, uh, and it was awesome. I mean, it was so cool. They built it for, for their kids' uh, costume party uh, <laughs> at, at some point. So it was uh, it, it was really cool. I and mean, you agree the guests, like, as they're walking in, you guys are in the Flintstone Mobile kind of thing, right? <laughs> Just standing beside it here. Okay, okay. We, we, we kind of had to bounce around. <laughs> gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. <laughs> but it was sitting in the valley when everybody pulled up. Oh, so that's it was, so sick. It was pretty cool. That is so sick. Well, along the costume front, then you kind of take it to the next level for one of the games. I can't remember which game it was this year where you had a chain. You know, the chains have become a thing on this team. Lamar has the chain. Uh, Hollywood's got the chain. I think Ingram's got some. But then you walked in with your own personally made one. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a um, acrylic, I believe. Um, <laughs> uh, no, a ceramic. It was a ceramic. Okay, a oh, kid, ceramic. So a kid sent me a message on uh, Instagram. It was like, hey, like I'm in ceramics class. I'd really like to make you this this nameplate, and I'm like, okay, sure. And he's sending me pictures, uh, like updating me as it's going along. Is I mean, awesome kid. He come, I think he comes to like every game, and uh, they have season tickets and all that stuff. So that's cool. He's sending me pictures, and I'm thinking like it's like this big. You know, that, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Like right. it's it's maybe that big. Your and your hand motion right now is like a small shoe. Yeah, like yeah. Right. I mean, okay. it, it, yeah, like a for the listeners at home. Right, yeah. right. And so 
so I get to the game. He's like, hey, I have it. I'm, it's ready for, for you. I'm like, okay, awesome. So I went over there, talked to him, took a picture with him. And then he brings it out, and it is like, <laughs> I mean, it's like the size of a full-size pizza. Right, like, right. I mean, it is That's huge. like a skateboard. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And so I'm like, holy crap. So, you know, I just – throw it around my neck and you know walk in and i mean it just it kind of blew up and it was i thought it was really funny so that was phenomenal that was phenomenal not quite as expensive not quite as blinged out right as lamar and hollywood <laughs> right but yeah. in the homemade category i mean it takes the cake yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it was an awesome awesome thing it's actually hanging up in my house right now so that's or in the trailer so <laughs> that's sick so, yeah. so so you're i'm also interested in the football perspective i mean you were a center in college, right? Right. So, right. when was – I mean, you probably practiced at guard some, but how new has guard been for you? Um, so, I came into Alabama. I was a tackle um, out, of, okay. out of high school. And uh, I transitioned from tackle to guard and center. So, I played, I played both in college uh, okay. a lot during practice. One year I played – I think I started two games at guard in college or something like that. And – um, you know, it's it's really there's not much much difference, but about six inches of space in between <laughs> the defender. Right. Um, so you know, it, it's really not a huge transition for me. I've always been that swing guy that can play three. And, and my whole perspective is the more you can do. I mean, in, in college, I played all five positions, um, and you know, the more you could do, that's what gets you on the field. That's what got me on the field at right. Alabama. So that was that's always been my mindset. I'm never never gonna go anything. It's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. It's like if you want me to long snap, a long snap. If you want to play quarterback, I play quarterback. Like whatever it may be, like I'll I'll do it. So right, right. How much confidence did you get from the very first play of the season? You pull around to the right side, and Mark Ingram uh, gets has a nice hold run through, trucks a guy. I think it was what a forty nine yard run or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. How much did that play and being kind of the point man, the lead blocker on that pulling around, give you confidence? Uh, it gave me a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, it was you know coming in, I was nervous. Like I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, it's, it was my first like actual NFL start where I actually won right out, won the job, not because right. someone got hurt. And I, I feel like that's. That's a lot better than than if someone gets hurt and you just kind of get thrown in. You're another level, right? Right, exactly. And so, you know, I pull around, and luckily I caught him out of the right side of my eye right before he – I mean, it was a hard hit. Like, I I was kind (laughs) of spinning a little bit. Like, not going to lie. So, he he busted that run. It was great. That was a great momentum starter um, from the very first play. So, and, you know, hopefully just keep that momentum rolling. So, yeah. You guys as an offensive line, really, obviously the offense – Overall, you're just playing at a really high level. A bunch of guys are kind of leading the way in Pro Bowl voting. Reminder for fans to make some more, more of the Pro Bowl votes, by the way. But I'm just curious about Marshall Yonda. Like, we've been around him for, for, for years. It seems to me like this guy is having more fun than he's ever had playing the game. Like, do you guys get a sense that Marshall is loving, like, kind of this late stage of his career, knowing, look, this could be it. You just, he doesn't know, but that he's just loving life right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really can. He, uh, you know, he he's he comes out. He's, I mean, the guy's been what 13, 14 years in the league now, yeah. and he gets more fired up about a game than I've ever seen. And it like it gives me ch- every time he gets fired up, it gives me chills. I'm like, man, man he does been, the pregame talk now, right? And like he like he's been in this league for so long, and he could easily be so burnt out, but the guy is still just on cloud nine, just fired up, firing us up. And it, like, gives me goosebumps for the guy. I'm like, okay, if he can do it, let's go. Like, let's go. So, um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that guy, he is he is an unbelievable athlete. Um, the guy can get beat on a, he can get pulled, you know, forward on a, on a one-on-one pass block, touch his toes, and come back and recover and make the block still. Like, the guy is unbelievable, and he's been such a great role model and a great guy for me to learn after. Um, 
So, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that, that he's in our in our locker room and I'm able to learn from him. Yeah, I feel like because, too, he came into the league kind of with a reputation like you said about yourself. I mean, not the most athletic guy in the world, but just a grinder, right? right. So, right. I mean, how much did, have you taken from that kind of perspective? A lot. I mean, you know, every everybody has a story. Marshall's told me his, and uh, I'm sure y'all know his, but he, um, you know, just about how you have to work every day. You know, it, nothing's going to be given to you. You have to come out and work. You know, Marshall could take every single day off except for game day, but he doesn't. He comes out and he busses butt every day, every rep, every, you know, whether it's individual or or a game rep, whatever it may be, right. he is out there grinding. I mean, the guy goes 100%. He has either full speed or stop. There, there's no in-between. <laughs> um, so, that I mean, that guy, is he's he's great to learn from. And, like, for him to be such an, an old vet, um, for me to be able to, to kind of take that and roll with it and take that mentality and it's like nothing's ever going to be easy nothing's going to be given to you you got to work for it every day going back to the the pump up stuff with him like over the course of his career he was able to kind of stay in the background because you had Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis before that and he wasn't he was never that guy until this year and I feel like the fact that he is sort of new into that role gives it more it's more organic like it feels it feels more real like I can I'm just interested to hear like how, why it gets you so fired up because I can definitely sense that when he gets into the middle of that huddle before games, like people walk out of there. I walk out of, back up to the press box. I'm like, let's go, let's go. I'm, <laughs> about, to fire, I'm about to fire off some tweets. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just you know, Marshall is one of those guys. He's not a hypocrite. Uh, when he says something, he does it, and I think that just speaks volumes to who he is. Uh, you know, and Marshall, he. You know, he comes in every day, and like I said, he does what he's supposed to do. You know, he's he's not a rah-rah guy. He just goes to work and does what he's supposed to do. And when he does speak, I mean, it speaks volumes. So, I mean, I think I think that's the biggest thing because he's he's a quiet guy. He only speaks up when he has to, when he really needs to. Um, and then when he speaks up on game day, it's I mean, it's it's just the ultimate ultimate hype man. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, and he doesn't say much. It's like not much needs to be said. You know, go out there and do your job. Come to work and, and do what you're supposed to do. So I mean I think that's I think that's huge. So. Ray, Ray Lewis and Marshall Yanda, Ooh. the ultimate hype man. Yeah, I I I, I kind of like Yanda. Yeah, I mean I, I, mean, I didn't was get all time classic. Right, I didn't get to experience Ray, so right. I, I can't speak to that aspect. Right. So, but I mean Marshall, he's he's got he keeps it short, keeps it sweet. You know, you know, says what he needs to yeah. say and. and Let's get to work. So. That's it. That, that. Just I love I love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got a bleep button on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that like when I heard that, I was like, oh man. Yeah, the first time I saw it, because like I said, you just it's not something that he has done over the course of yeah. his career. And so when he steps into that role, he recognizes the importance of it and it's been it's been pretty cool yeah. to see. We want to talk a little bit about you off the field as well and, and the work that you're doing in the community, the Bradley Bozeman Foundation. Uh, and you've really taken bullying as as your cause. Um, and, and you do a lot of great work talking to kids in schools and things like that. Um, can you just talk about why that became your cause? Yeah, so uh, me and my wife have a foundation. It's Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation. Okay, sorry. Um, no, you're good. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, but, you know, we, me and Nikki were, Nikki is six foot one. Uh, she played basketball at Alabama. And, you know, I'm 6'5", 330 pounds. So we weren't always, you know, <laughs> Built slim and trim, you know. <laughs> Big people. This is this is slim for me now, you know. Right now it's slim. So, but I mean, I, I tell the kids when we go and talk, it's like I look like Augustus Glue from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know, that, that's my best comparison. I mean, I was I was a fat, short little kid um, in my younger years, and I got I got picked on pretty good. Um, you know, even even though I was bigger, you know, I was I was a teddy bear. So I mean, right. <laughs> uh, but you know, I got picked on, and luckily I had good parents in, in my life that that were able to guide me and show me, you know, to 
trust in yourself and, and know who you are as a person. And, and that really, you know, carried me through my, through my young years. And then obviously I hit a growth spurt. And <laughs> I was six foot five and 320 pounds and no one really wanted to mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Nikki kind of had a similar story. Um, so, you know, one day we got asked to come to a school and talk. I was like, man, I don't, you know, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about here. It's like, and this kid, this kid was getting bullied and, you know, obviously we knew we were going to talk about bullying, but, you know, didn't know that it would transpire into this. You know, we, after, after that, we carried on to hit 26 schools in the month of April, uh, right before the draft, uh, in central Alabama. Uh, and it was one of the most eye opening, eye opening and gratifying things I've ever done in my entire life. I mean, when you have kids opening up with all their peers around them saying that, you know, this is what I suffer from. You know, I've thought about killing myself. I've thought about this. I've thought about that. I've tried to kill myself. Wow. Like it, it will bring you to tears. Like, sure. I mean, and these, these kids are like 11, 12 years old. You know, they're, they're not, yeah. these, these aren't grown adults. You know, these, these are little kids. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like we don't really understand, um, how, how powerful people's words are, especially these kids. I mean, you know, when I was growing, even when I was growing up, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have, you know, all the social media stuff. And for right. these kids, some of them, you know, they go to school, they get bullied. And then when they come home, they still get bullied because and it's just a 24 cycle period. For me, it was, I got bullied during, during the day. And then when I came home, it cut off. I was in my safe space, right. but now there is no safe space because everybody is accessible from anywhere. You know, whether it's video games or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever you want it to be. Um, so I, I just, I feel like we don't really understand quite the, as adults, as the importance to, to teaching our kids, you know, how to respect others and how to, to make sure, you know, the, the words that come out of your mouth are very powerful. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these kids suffer from that. And we're doing, me and Nikki, after, on February 10th starting, we're going on a cross-country tour from here to California and back, talking to 22 different schools uh, across the state, and we're doing it in, in an RV. We live in an RV that right is now. So, so you live in an RV. Yeah, that and, is sorry. So, yeah, so that yeah, is we're, really cool. We're we're really excited about that, and we'll get to see the country and be able to, uh, you know, bring light to a great cause, um, and be able to talk to all these kids. So we're really excited. I think all the information is actually coming up in the next two weeks on our website. It's Brad, Nikki, Bose. Wait, what is it? <laughs> BradNickyBozeman.com is our website, and all that information will be up where we're going, and then you'll be able to track where we're at and, and what the progress is and the videos and, and uh, pictures along the way. So I think that is so cool. That yeah. is really cool. I want to get back to the RV after this, but I do want to f- ask a follow-up. Uh, do, you, do you mostly talk to kids about how to handle bullying and, and how to you know deflect that and, and stand up to that, or is it more – that you go into these schools and you talk about to the bullies and saying, you know, you're really hurting people here. You have no idea how much your words, you know, can impact somebody. I think it's, I think it's kind of, there's, there's really three people in the, in the situation. There's the bully, yeah. the kids that get bullied and the kids that are kind of in between that kind of stay in that gray area that, right. that don't get bullied. Don't but stand up and say yeah, something. Exactly. And are not the bully. So, you know, for one, the first thing we address is like, know who you are know what you're about, know that, you know, you're smart, you're kind, you're beautiful, you're whatever you think you are. And to find a passion that you love for me it was football for Nikki it was basketball. And we took those and, and let that just, just drive those forces. Um, and then for the bullies is to realize what your words say and, you know, and how it affects other people and how many, how many kids are affected by this to, to say that, 
you know, your words are very powerful. Um, and then for the middle person is, you know, step in, say something, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be a, uh, you don't have to go and beat the kid up. You just step in and say, Hey, that's not cool. Right. You know, I think what's it? Nikki knows the stat, but it's like, if someone steps in, intervenes on someone getting bullied night, it's 79% of the time the bullying stops within five seconds. Wow. When yeah. Someone, once someone just stop, steps in and say, Hey, that's not cool. Right. Hey, that's, that's not nice. You don't need to say that it stops. And mm-hmm. so that, that's what we're really preaching to the, to those middle, the middle kids to just to step in and say that that's not cool. Not join in the laughter and, and think it's funny. Right. Totally. That, that, that's our biggest, our big three keys in that. So that's cool. That's awesome. So, that's cool. so now to the RV. You live in an RV? Yeah, we live. <laughs> so we live. We live in a uh, a forty foot fifth wheel, um, and yeah, it's been fun. We've been living in it since last April, um, and yeah, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We had the idea last year and went and purchased an RV, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, like people when people think that we tell them that we live in an RV, they're thinking. Um, uh, uh, Christmas vacation, you know, right. cousin Eddie's uh, <laughs> RV. That's what they're thinking. So it's really nice. You know, we have a spare bedroom, like it, it, spare it's, bedroom yeah, in RV, in a spare Dang. bedroom, and I sleep in a king size bed. So it's you know, it, it's nice. But do you, uh, do you keep it parked always in the same spot? Do you move it around? Yeah, it's, so it, it's one of those like we're living in it. So it's like we have all you have you know the Keurig set up and the uh-huh. the coffee machine and all that stuff. Uh, so it, it's parked in the same spots, and uh, we're, we live out in a uh, an RV park. So, do you is your plan? Do you want to do this kind of long term, or is this sort of the the time, thing that you want to do just for this time before there's kids and stuff like that? Right. I mean, you know, we want to do it for like the next two years, this year and then okay. next year uh, was kind of our our plan going in. But um, we just, you know, we didn't feel secure in buying a house, and we were tired of renting. So right. we're, I mean, rent around here is pretty, pretty yeah. expensive. So <laughs> when you compare it uh, to Alabama, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. But you know, Alabama's pretty cheap. Uh, but so we, uh, so we, we bought the RV. Uh, we're saving like I think it's like eighteen hundred dollars a month nice. uh, living in an RV. So it's it's been a lot of fun. We haven't killed each other yet. So <laughs> <laughs> is it like? Is it like? I mean, you're a, obviously a big guy. Like, are you at all like cramped in there? Or how does it? Feel? Um, it depends. I mean, you can't have two people in the bathroom. You know, only one person can cook in the kitchen. Right. Uh, but you know, for the most part, it's it's pretty roomy. So I mean, it's 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 pretty nice. And do your like do other people in your little community like they know they're living next to a Ravens player? And yeah, they do. They're they're pretty respectful of. They're, every now and then, you get a person that that's kind of overbearing, but uh, <laughs> usually they move on before you know it gets too intense. But. Yeah. It's uh it's been really good where we live so and everybody's always taking care of us very nicely so yeah. I would imagine you've had a few requests for Lamar autograph stuff to bring back <laughs> uh, to more that's more my wife that she, okay. they usually, for some up. reason they usually ask her and then she's like oh no sorry you can't do that but she's always the bad guy in that situation but uh but yeah so cool and, and I like that just the last thing I like that the tour that you guys are doing around the country starts February 10th right after Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, this it's, is just, it's just a starting day. <laughs> right I'm after. Not, I like not it. Not predicting anything. Like, oh, we're predicting. You don't have to make a prediction. We're making a prediction. This is practically <laughs> the NFL equivalent of the uh, the proposal. You know, yep. right after you win the championship, <laughs> hit the road. You know, the big commitment. Exactly. I love yeah. it. Nice. Well, Bradley, thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much, All man. that information will be up on our website. Uh, yes. And then... Obviously, mine and Nikki's uh, social media accounts. So. Hit him with the website again. So it's bradnickybozeman.com. Awesome. Yes. Love it. Thank you, Brad. No Thank problem. You so much. No problem. Thanks. Appreciate it. I love Bradley Bozeman, by the way. He's got a future in broadcasting if he wants it. Seriously. He's, he's really great. good. He's really good. Really, really good. Back-to-back 
A-plus guests. Yes. Gus Edwards, Bradley Bosom, which just says it's not always about you know how big the name is. When you see so-and-so stops by the lounge and it's not Lamar Jackson. Right. You know what? You still better listen because you get some good stuff from these guys. You get some great stories. Uh, also, if you want great stories, make sure you listen to John Eisenberg's podcast, uh, One book. Left. One left uh, of the first season of what happened to that guy. He's going to finish it next Tuesday with uh, Tom Zabikowski. A uh, really interesting guy. Safety, and he catches up with Tom and all the things that he's doing right now. So uh, make sure you check that out. And you can find that. It's in the same feed. If you're already subscribed to this one, Ravens Podcast Network, you'll get the lounge and you'll get what happened to that guy. Uh, so make sure you are subscribed. Yep. And as always, make sure you tune in next week after a boo!